Welcome back to a brand new episode of Full Metal RPG, episode number 91. I'm your host, Brent Carey, and today I'm joined by Richie motherfucking Buzzkill. What up, Richie Buzzkill? Not much, man. I'm just uh, sipping on my uh, Shiner Bach here and uh, in the dark room listening in the cans. So Nice, nice. Good man. Uh, you have been working out the technical difficulties for the past 30 minutes. You're a man of infinite patience. <laughs> I do appreciate you. I have poured myself a gigantic uh, uh, Jack and Coke. It's, it's actually diet, and it's actually not Jack, but you take my point. I do take uh, your point. Then, then we are also joined by Ashley. What up, Ashley? How you been? I have been. Uh, yep. And I am drinking water. So oh wow, that's uh, so much excitement all, coming from over here. <laughs> that's a, that's a, starting off. That's kind of philosophical. You have been, mm-hmm. and then you are also <laughs> drinking water, the 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 beverage of the clear-headed, which is yes. yeah, that's something to aspire to. Um, and then we are with Adam motherfucking Sink. What up? Heidi ho there, neighborinos. Right. <laughs> Can we start over? <laughs> no, start I, I, no I don't think so. Flanders. Don't do it. From here don't on do out. It. Don't Only do it. Only right. Oakley dokley. Okay, Brendan's gonna go into this closet with his noose. All right, so um, hey guys, hey Ben, good. Wow. weird, like super <laughs> weird. Things are super weird. Yeah, I was doing okay um with quarantine and everything as an introvert until like like a week, week and a half ago, and then I started like climbing the walls, um, like, like in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh. Kinda, yeah, know. sick, like Gary Oldman. Yeah, King like of right. King so, uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a little right. weird. It's it's been it's been kind of a thing. Like, I don't really interact with other people in person, and so I just I'm not sure if I only exist inside of my own mind or anything at this point. Am I in hell? Yeah, but you we never could have known that. Know? You never could have known that. So you're right. Um, it's true. Yeah, and I'm yeah. very much an extrovert, so it's been like that for me from the beginning. I mean, the only saving grace, as sad as it is, is that I go to work every day. <laughs> oh boy like, wow yeah um brendan hashtag class warrior i got some thoughts on that but i will <laughs> not i'm not gonna share them this is the wrong content but i really more meant like hey is everybody having a good time gaming and shit like uh, absolutely yes i have been very busy with gaming so good good that's um good thing. well today uh rbk has made a uh specific request and he says um we're doing our uh, special politics in gaming episode, and this is this is like I can't remember if this is episode one or episode two. Two, episode like two. The, first, the first one was like episode zero, and then this oh, episode maybe, one. Right. I guess it's one. Two. I can't. Sure. I don't know. What whatever. Whatever. Fucking. You know number sequences, but uh, RBK has asked, "Hey, maybe we can just skip all the bullshit where we talk about our games and stuff. We can just get right into this incredibly meaty topic." And uh, the more I thought about it, I thought, "I think RBK is right. I mean, I think that there's a possibility we could probably do like two episodes on this one because today we are discussing the politics of uh, of uh, fantasy gaming and and." Uh, while your friendly local neighborhood game store guy, the guy who's always there holding down the counter, would suggest to you that somehow fantasy gaming is apolitical. We know <laughs> that's bullshit, right? We know that's mm-hmm. bullshit. So uh, let's get right to it, huh? Who wants who wants to jump in? <laughs> I mean, w- the the question in my mind is like whether or not it was designed as a conservative thing from the very beginning or it was just the zeitgeist of all the books that combined to create this were. Yeah, I, I think that I think okay. So so to kind of set the stage, I think that there is a um, there is a question of American history and there's a question of American sociology that we could get into here, right? Like, what is the cultural composition of America? Because interestingly, the the role playing game is a uniquely American art form, right? We have the first of them. And, um, and, and, and where they came from and the time period they came from, I think says a lot about the genre, but they were also influenced by like a huge body of work 
that has in and of itself like some problematic elements, right? And I think that we're going to kind of see how those problematic elements kind of like reoccur within the context of fantasy gaming. But um, it's sort of timely that, and this was not planned, right? We wrote this fucking schedule months ago to talk about this now. And uh, we had no way of knowing that this Twitter war was going to break out over the concept of orcs, right? Mm -hmm. And so have you guys been following this? Have you guys been following the orcs, the orcs flame war? No, because Twitter sucked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm not on it either, but like uh, because of the show and everything, people got at me. I'm, I've kind of withdrawn from social media. I, I feel like I should say that. Like, um, like I deactivated my Facebook account. I haven't really been very active on Instagram. And um, if, if you're out there and you think that I'm like dogging you or that I unfriended you or some shit, it's not like that at all. I just am not on social media right now. Um, but some people did get at me and they were like, Brendan, are you following this orcs thing? Right. And, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to kind of paint it in broad strokes here because I have not been following the daily, like, you know, thrust of it. But um, from the limited amount of research that I put in, it seems as though some people got into the D&D 5 Player's Handbook and they started reading about, about orcs and their general disposition. And it occurred to them after essentially like five years of Dungeons and Dragons five being like the biggest game, the biggest role playing game in the world, that maybe this concept of orcs being intrinsically evil and aggressive was sort of problematic. And then they started fighting about what that meant for Dungeons and Dragons and what it means for uh, uh, playing and writing Dungeons and Dragons. And, uh, and then it got very twittery very quickly, right? The, the main contention seems to be that um, orcs are a stand-in for people of color, and mm -hmm. they are the kind of classic sort of savages that um, kind of Anglo culture kind of likes to project onto the areas that it was occupying during um, the imperial eras of you know the the colonial eras, and that the the savagery quote unquote and the um, and the uh, the innate innately evil uh, uh, aspect of orcs makes them um, ripe for imperialism, right? And then and then the whole thing becomes an imperialistic narrative. So let us begin. Who has thoughts on this? I want to hear them. Well, I the orc thing has been a thing for a long time, so it's blowing up on Twitter right now, and they've gotten into it in D and D five e and everything, but. Um, for as long as I can remember, that's been kind of a discussion about orcs. It's like kind of a racism through substitution, you know, where they are a stand-in for people of color because of the their savage nature or just their disposition, things like that. Um, I know that Bright, do you remember that it's a Netflix show called Bright? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, really run. So with that, uh, they even kind of played into that which i understand it's it's wait did you say it's based on Shadowrun? it's not based on it but it's like it might as well have been whoever wrote oh. that movie obviously okay Shadowrun as a kid there you go yes okay then then it does tie in a little bit better than i thought it did cool um they even brought in like orc lives matter so to kind of marry the you know black lives matter movement with orcs and kind of how they're portrayed they did that in that show so it's i've i was not surprised when this happened because i've seen it for for a while now. I think I think it comes down to like sort of the base problem. I mean, besides colonialism being baked into the idea of D&D um because I'm going to take your shit and you're evil, but mm -hmm. it's the moral absolutism of alignment based the the idea that everybody of a race can be evil and the moral absolutism of saying that it's a two-edged sword. On one side, you're allowed to, uh, you know, it, it gives you the freedom, the power fantasy, as I come back to it always, is, is you're able to like, oh, I can kill somebody without being having any regret because clearly they're evil. But on the other side of it, it's like, well, were they really evil? Like, was that like they're just, they're just, uh, you're just seeing them that way because that's the lens in which you're framing everything to? I mean... The, the race thing 
it just depends on how somebody is framing even, you know, their, their civilization. And yes, I think it's framed poorly (laughs) to be honest. Like let's make them different, make them not based on civilization, but that's the easy thing to do is like base a race or on a civilization and just chain file off the serial numbers. (laughs) Do you think that orcs are based on a civilization? Do you think that orcs are based on a real world people? I, uh, I don't. I don't think do so. Do you? I don't. I don't think so. Like it. It. I mean, you can. I'm sure there are scenarios where they are. They have been swapped for actual, you know, tribes and other things. But I just don't think like, you know, if you go back to. I mean, I'm sure there were orcs before Tolkien, but the orcs in Tolkien were created whole cloth out of like cauldrons and shit, like. So they were just evil. They were created creatures originally. And then now if you, you know, you have these, you know, these races that live on the land and are tribal and, you know, aggressive, like that become, you know, it's, it's like framing this idea as something else other than maybe what it originally was. I don't know what the history of works past Tolkien is. So whether he created them or it was before you that. Mean prior to Tolkien. Prior right? to Tolkien. Yeah. Prior to Tolkien. Yeah. Adam, uh, you've been, you've been quiet. What are your, what are your thoughts? So as far as I know, Tolkien was kind of the first modern usage of the orc. I, I don't know that there were references to them or deep references to them prior to him. Um, if you want to talk about problematic races, I don't know that you want to start with orcs. Like to me, the more problematic ones are like the drow mm-hmm. or the Jergar, where it's what's the evil version of an elf? Right. Well, it's an elf, but its skin is black, like like and not black as we know, but like black black. The Jergar, what's an evil version of a dwarf? Well, it's a dwarf, but its skin is black. Well, where do these things live? Underground. Why would something that lives underground <laughs> need to have midnight black skin? And to me, that's where you kind of go, okay, that doesn't make as much sense. And this may just me, this may just be me being apologetic because I like space orcs and Warhammer 40k, and I think they're funny because they have their little Cockney accents and they build their little supercharged vehicles and they, uh, you know, they're really bad at what they do. Um, so I may be an apologist, but I, yeah, I don't, I don't see it, but I can understand the complaint. Well, I mean, here, here's the thing is I, I think that there is a complaint. I think that there is a real problem here with orcs. And I think that, um, because, because, uh, goblins get caught in this net too, mm-hmm. right? Like, uh, uh, well, any race that's labeled just evil by default, mm-hmm. right? Well, well, okay, and there's, there's a lot two, of that. There's two, there's two right issues here. There's two issues. There's, there's what's called essentialism, right? This mm-hmm. kind of, this concept of essentialism, which says that, uh, a, uh, person or type can be born a certain way and that, that and that, and that they cannot overcome the gravity of their, uh, genetic, uh, like heritage, right? That, that they are pulled in this particular direction because of dint of birth, Right. Um, but more specifically, I think that uh, there's a case to be made that says that the and I've, I've heard it made that um, uh, the goblins are are a, a, an anti-Semitic representation. It's like an attempt to uh, kind of and then when you when you when you lump like orcs and goblins together, you have orcs like the big aggressive, scary uh, stand-in for POCs that um, that kind of antagonize the Anglo imagination in a particular way with like threats of the other and that the goblin kind of ends up uh, being this stand in for, um, you know, our, our Jewish friends who, who uh, represent these other fears that we have about the other. Right. And, and the contrast between those two and the way that they exist physically, et cetera, et cetera, without trying to make anybody's case for them. Um, I, I think that when we all play these games, right, when we start playing these games, we start playing them as kids and we play them, uh, 
we approach them in the way that they are written. And we're like, oh, it's a big fucking monster. It's a big green monster, and we kill the monsters, right? And that's the part, that's the that's the fun of the game is killing monsters, right? Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, when you're kind of maybe in your like late teens, or you're just going to college or something, and and, and maybe, and I'm, I don't mean to be casting judgment here, but maybe your role playing is getting a little more sophisticated, right? And there's this moment that happens where you guys fight an orc warband, and then there's one that lives, right? And I think I think anybody who has played a long time knows exactly what I'm about to say, right? Which is then there is this discussion in the party as to what to do with the orc prisoner, right? So this might be the this might be the the orc prisoner's dilemma, right? Uh, and and uh, and have you guys all experienced this? Has everyone here? Experienced it was a this? baby, but yes, it was a baby, a baby orc. Yes. Oh, okay. That's I have work. never had a party that takes prisoners, so 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 that's fair. So, so like, immediately, this is this is weird to me. So continue. <laughs> immediately, there is this discussion about what to do with the orc prisoner, right? And then you get into the philosophy of D anD D like really quick, and this is a point where usually kind of in your development as an as an adolescent like human being you're starting to develop things like philosophy or you're you're thinking about this stuff is getting more sophisticated and someone says well, we need to kill the orc and then someone else says no i'm a good alignment i do not wish to kill prisoners this person is unarmed and incapacitated i refuse to kill them and then the other person says this thing is intrinsically evil were we to loose it now it would just try to harm us and that doesn't mean it would necessarily attack us outright, although it might. At the very least, it would return to its fellows, alert them, and then they would attempt to harm us. Killing it is a good act. And as a good alignment, this is getting back to Richard's point, you should endorse me killing this evil being. All right? And immediately at that point, you're probably like 18, 21, something like this, D&D falls apart because... All of a sudden, you realize you've been thrust into this fucking world where shit doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For sure. Right? <laughs> like, seriously, off screen somewhere, there must be like an orc village. And there's probably like little orc kids there. And they're like running around and like doing like what little orc kids do. Like, what is that? Like, should we go murder them? Ripping the is legs it, off insects and eating babies. Is it? Is it like? <laughs> is it like literally our mission is it this kind of like is it is there this kind of like almost like this white man's burden with this manifest destiny of it, it is it our job to find the org village and to to slaughter genocidally every single being that lives inside of it and is that good if we do that is that a act of good right and at that point fuck that's what that, and this is what we were talking about in the last episode. That's when D and D goes on the shelf because at that point D and D ceases to mirror the complexity of real life, and it it, it it gives you questions. It gives you answers to questions that you don't like the answers to. Right? Am I right? Yeah, and I think that that's where that's kind of crusadey. You know what I mean? And I think that you're not going to come across anyone who says that the Crusades were a good thing. You know, like that's, <laughs> you know, you say that yet. That's true. <laughs> I'm certain we could go online right now and we find a whole bunch of Rome, those. <laughs> and we'll go talk to the Council of Cardinals about that. We'll see what they <laughs> What do you think about? Yeah. So let's talk to the Cardinals about what they feel about the Orc Village and see what they should do. But anytime you do take an entire race of characters, people, whatever it is, and you say these are bad, we are good. They're bad because they're different and they believe different from us and therefore they all deserve to die. That's bad. Like, well, because it goes it goes beyond merely the idea of um, them having beliefs, right? Like, right? Yeah, um, it's just who they are. Who they they're born yeah. that way. It's in their blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You open up the monster manual. You look up orc, and it'll say in there something like chaotic evil next to its alignment. Mm-hmm. And then I think that one of the um, sentences that people in the orc debate were arguing about was it said um, orcs can be taught a different way of being but their ability to understand it and fully live it is limited, right? And people were flipping out about this. They were very upset, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so ahead, I guess ahead. my question is, what's the proposed fix? Because if the proposed fix is that I get to know every single sentient adversary I come across on a personal 
humane level before I decide whether or not to hit them with my sword. I'm not playing a fantasy role-playing game anymore. Um, And I don't know that that's wrong, but I think simplicity is baked in for ease, I guess is what I would say. Ah, man, I feel like that's not an intellectually strong standpoint. I don't feel like... Is it meant to be an intellectually strong game? It's Dungeons and Dragons. It's meant to be played by... I mean, I started playing it when I was 10. Yeah, but is is there a lesson in there that you were taught when you were 10 that is an unsavory lesson? And obviously you as a person grew past it. But sweet Lord, when you go down to the game store, you meet a lot of fucking chuds who didn't. Yeah, like playing Dungeons and Dragons will get me my face slammed into a locker. That was the lesson that I learned from it. But I mean, I can't speak for anyone else. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. There's Sure, as an adult looking back on it, is, are there problematic aspects? Of course there are. Um, I mean, I'm saying all of this of- because at the at the end of, at the end of all this shit, I'm going to make a case for orcs, okay? Because at the end of the day, I'm an orc apologist too. But <laughs> and when when you say what's the proposed fix, one of the proposed fixes that I saw in my limited research was this kind of way of making uh, orcs just basically humans that look different. They're basically just kind of like big kind of Shreks. They're just like Shreks. It's like okay. what? I was just like I was just like I was like. That ugh, I was just like ugh. That's that's as unsavory to me as the concept of them being a stand-in for POCs. Well, like just, fine, I guess, but then it's you're gonna go out. It's Dungeons Dragons. You're gonna go out and fight something. Mm-hmm. So if you just want to, if you just want to go out and you want to fight, I don't know, like giant scorpions, that you can do that. That's fine. You don't. Well, okay. Let's say you're playing an OSR game, right? And okay. You, and you're playing an OSR game, and you and you go and you fight against some some bandits, all right? Mm-hmm. And you kill four of them, but the fifth one you take as a prisoner. Are you just going to execute him immediately on the grounds that he is evil and he he deserves to be killed because of his evilness? Like the groups that I've played with, <laughs> yeah, they'll just kill well, them. They they wouldn't ever take him prisoner. They'd have just killed him in combat. It's I. <laughs> I've never been in a group that has been like, hey, we need to take some prisoners. It's just, oh, we'll just kill them and go through the corpses. Well, in something like that, you're coming up against a, you know, bandits. You're, they're attacking you, something like that. Yeah, you do kill all of them, but it's not because they're orcs. It's because they're attacking you. Well, so, no, I mean, like, like, look, look. Okay, maybe we're getting into some... some, some right, but is it okay to here? just kill somebody because you went to their lands? Because then you get into Braveheart type of shit, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, I showed up in your lands that you own, that you have autonomy over, and I got a sword, and I'm clearly a threat. So you come to defend yourself, and now I'm going to slaughter all of you. Is that okay? Probably not. Well, I mean, this is where we get into the imperialist stuff, yeah. right? I mean, because because I think, um, and the reason I wanted to do this episode months ago is because I, I see Dungeons & Dragons, I see fantasy role-playing, just in general, not OSR gaming for the most part, but Dungeons and Dragons and what it has become as being an incredibly imperialist metaphor. It's incredibly imperialist. The, the, the more that the um, player characters become powerful and the more that their um, motives are shrouded in the ambiguity of this like strange moralistic alignment system that you don't actually see in OSR games uh the more it becomes a fable that is about imperialism at its very core richard you're being very quiet i would love to hear your thoughts well i i would argue that the alignment system whether it's there or not i think osr still suffers from the same like even though alignment is not there and most people kind of ignore alignment a lot of people ignore alignment even in D D, but the good versus evil thing is still kind of there because there will be things that you will just kill outright. And because you know, Oh, that's evil. Like, I mean, I think the only thing you, I could, I can think of in D and D that you should, is like undead. Like think about like you're fighting Mm -hmm. undead, like, well, they're dead and they're motivated by some force to attack you. Like, okay, well, I mean, I, I can't think of any any reason why not to, you know, kill them all, but like, ki- re, you know, make them dead again. But 
the 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 alignment system and setting up this like absolute good and absolute evil and that you have a little bit of gray between neutral and lawful and chaotic you know you have a little bit of gray between those but the really you know those the good versus evil poles are so intrinsic to this gameplay that as soon as you start thinking about that philosophy like you said it breaks the metaphor breaks down it it's no longer a fun power fantasy of this like oh i i can get away i can, i don't feel, I have to feel bad about this like there's no moral ethical uh ramifications for what you're doing you're just there uh having uh this like gaining treasure and that goes to the colonial imperialist thing mm, deeply it's not i don't think it's imperialism imperialism is like extending a, a country or uh some kind of systems power through military force you're basically just doing libertarianism you're extending your own personal power seizing treasure to make yourself more powerful well, i mean hang on. how many well, how many I, how many campaigns have you played in or seen where you're basically the hand of the king like mm-hmm. that that's like, like a pretty common because almost every single one i play in is everybody is just given middle fingers to every single person who tries to tell them what to do and it's just going out and running rampant to make their character more powerful which is why when I tend to play D&D, I tend to run Rand the Libertarian Cleric, because I think it's the purest distillation of what D&D is about. I, I, think, that, I think that Richard has a really strong point, um, because I think that there is an um, implicit, not explicit, message in um, Dungeons & Dragons that says, uh, uh, the light of civilization looks like white dudes sitting around in castles being kings and they send torchbearers into the darkness to extend that light and to clear it through force of arms. Well, and I think that the fantasy setting is more or less medieval, right? Like it's kind of Mm, set around that. And when historically we look at medieval times, we see white dudes, you know what I mean? That's not necessarily historically accurate if you look at it, but that's what we see is that. So Richard's point, that kind of supports that as well. I I, want to discuss a couple of words here, all right? And I want to discuss what these words mean just in general, but I also want to discuss what they mean to us because these are two words that have been essentially like codified they've been they've been baked into the foundation of role playing and they've been used so much that people use them without thinking about them but when you do that and we know that this is we know that like this is the foundation of what makes uh concepts like patriarchy right that the concept of patriarchy is that it is invisible to the people who live inside of it they take it for granted right <laughs> and i think that something similar happens in role playing in the vocabulary of how the books are written. And there are two particular words that exemplify this. And those words, especially in fantasy, are adventurer and hero. So they, they, both of these words get used to describe the player characters in different iterations of the game. I think both of the words are intrinsically problematic on different levels. I prefer one over the other, but that's a different story. What do you guys think about those words? Talk to me about adventurers and heroes well an adventurer is if you want to look at it i I don't want to bring imperialism back into this but adventure is someone who goes out and they do it for the sake of the adventure of exploration of you know looking at star trek for example they're adventurers they're explorers Mm, so interesting that's fascinating that's how i see an adventure is they're in it for the actual thrill the adventure the experience whereas a hero is in it for the glory or you know whoever saves the day they probably get some sort of a reward for that whereas with an adventurer the experience is the reward itself Mm. adam richard thoughts the the hero uh metaphor i mean i just think heroes are from a certain perspective where adventurers are self-motivational i mean they can be framed in any one way like most good villains like great villains are heroes in their own story so like it just heroes is about perspective and i think the 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 issue being that framing someone as a hero 
in their story, it's like, well, we'll go back to like the orcs. Like it, the humans that, that clear out an orc village that is threatening some population or whatever are, are the characters that do that are considered heroes by that civilization that they're defending, but they are villains to the orcs, even though the orcs might have lashed out and killed them, you know, but see, that's what's kind of interesting is you're bringing moral relativism into Dungeons and Dragons and moral relativism is actually not in Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that's, that's my problem with, that's my problem with Dungeons and Dragons and the, uh, I will keep hitting the alignment system with my mallet is that system. As soon as you start thinking about it, because it is the core of the, uh, 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 at the very core of the mecha- uh, story mechanics is the uh, is the moral alignment system. As soon as you start thinking about that in anything other than in black and white terms, it breaks down and it becomes a enabling force to any action you want to take. So it, the the concept of the alignment system, and we're back to the alignment system, is that is 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 is, is perplexing, right? Because as you just said, villains are always heroes in their own story, right? So the the villain must think to himself that he is doing good, that he is doing the right thing, right? Um, but in Dungeons & Dragons, they have this little fucking, you know, N-E next to their name, right? Neutral evil or some shit, right? And there's this idea of the this cosmic philosophy of evil, right? And um, I read this series of novels when I was, uh, I don't know, in my early 20s, and it was, um, I was playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons at the time. I was playing uh, 3.5. But I, you know, kind of to back to what Adam said, is like, I'm a big Drow fan, too. I love Drow. Love Dark Elves. And um, so I was reading this, this uh, series of novels called War of the Spider Queen. And there was this section in it where a character is ruminating on the nature of chaotic evil, like what it means to be chaotic evil. Because when you read the chaotic evil alignment, it doesn't make any fucking sense. There's no way you could base a society around it. The fucking idea that there's this like under empire of like fucking drow that are all chaotic evil. And somehow that works. It's just, it's just complete nonsense. It's like utter, utter bullshit because there's just no way that you could get two people to fucking come together to do anything, much less run an empire on it. Right. And the way that the author like wrote about it, I thought I was like, "This is this is in uh, War of the Spider Queen one." I was like, "This is fucking amazing! I finally fucking get fucking chaotic evil. This is so rad, right?" And so then years later, I was like, "Oh, I need to run D and D again." And I went back and I found a copy of the book and I reread that section. And I was like, "This is fucking dog shit. This doesn't make any goddamn sense." Um, I don't. I I think that the kind of the notion that these um, that these characters proceed from a concept, a, like a philosophical concept of evil, and that they embrace that concept, like I mean, that in and of itself is perplexing and doesn't make any fu- any fucking sense at all, right? Ad- yeah. Adam, what, what are your thoughts on heroes and adventurers after that digression? You haven't said anything yet. So, if you're looking at hero, it's a loaded term. Right, you've got like Bowie. We could be heroes just for one day. Uh, you got Ben Miller. You never know when you're my hero. Like a hero's good, right? Wow, you've really brought up some like very um uh, some some referential <laughs> points that I'm you know not super stoked about. Ben Midler, but all right, all right, <laughs> whatever. What Bette Midler, it, don't why you dog it? All right, I'll just. Stop. I love Ben Midler's fucking uh, box right, sets that she wrote ahead. for Forgotten Realms. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Bowie's right. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. So, so get back to it. I want to hear it. But I want to hear it. I mean, do you? Yeah. I kind of feel like you don't. No, I, I do. do. I definitely do. All right. So hero is a loaded term. It's positive. It's always a good thing. No one has ever said that guy's a hero and meant they're a shithead. Right? Mm-hmm. And adventurer is someone who goes out and seeks adventure, good, bad, indifferent. Um, so here's another thing you're not going to be stoked about. So feel free to cut me off if you don't. There's the movie Up, right? Never seen it, but go ahead. Carl Friedrichsen, the old man in Up, is a hero, right? He's got a moral imperative. He does what he thinks is right, and he's going out to do the right thing. Charles Muntz, who is ostensibly the antagonist in that movie, and I have kids, so I'm going to frame everything through this lens no matter what. Uh, He's an adventurer. 
he wants to go out, he wants to find the bird, and he wants to bring it back so that he can prove he was right and that he had an adventure and that he found the thing. He's the bad guy. Is he evil? I don't know, but he's certainly an adventurer. He's certainly someone who goes out and seeks adventure, and he's certainly someone who is poised and posited to us as the audience in that way. Um, and so I see adventurers as either morally ambivalent or gray uh, and heroes as essentially somebody who is to be idolized and looked up to. So if you approach D&D from the viewpoint of I'm playing a hero, everything that you do must be the right and good thing to do. Whereas if you're saying I'm playing an adventurer, you may be self-serving. You may not be doing things for that for reasons that are purely altruistic, right? You might just be in it for your own glory. And that's the dichotomy that I see between the two. Yeah, I think that that's um, a big part of, especially the way that the OSR and like DCC have kind of been marketed to us, is to create that differentiation. And that's a differentiation that I actually generally endorse. Um, the, the word adventure is on some level less loaded, but I agree 100% that the word, the word hero is is again tied to this moralistic concept of right overcoming wrong through adversity right um adventurer has kind of a strange as as a word it has kind of a strange history right i think that um if i'm not mistaken and if somebody out there is a latin scholar and they want to like get at me i think that the word adventure when you break it down into its latin roots means to go forth it's someone who's going out right and that word gets kind of co-opted during the um this is again to my knowledge all right to the british colonial era right when the idea of being a person who has like a military commission and is going to these foreign continents and is essentially like setting up um uh, uh, means by which you can extract uh, value out of foreign places. And this is going to require some martial interference, right? The, the, that word of, that, that, that concept of foreign adventures kind of comes into the parlance, right? This is in the, like, the 1800s, maybe, maybe before that, right? But you definitely see the word used in that context in the 1800s. Then in the early 1900s, with the pulps, we see the word change again, right? To meaning this kind of idea of the two-fisted um, adventurer, right? The, the male, usually, the guy who is out there uh, punching people in the face, being violent um, in this kind of thrilling and sort of like salacious way. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the because uh, now we're getting into that concept of well, what are the source materials that Dungeons and Dragons itself becomes from that we alluded to at the very very beginning of the show, right? And when we think about Dungeons and Dragons, some people think about Tolkien. It's like the first thing that we get to, and again, we were talking about that with the orcs, right? The legacy of Tolkien, but there are so many other appendix and documents that Dungeons and Dragons is based on. And many of them come from this concept of the two-fisted adventurer that sort of comes to us via the legacy of imperialism, right? The legacy of the idea of like, oh, well, I'm a young man and I'm going to go make my fortune. And the way that I make my fortune is by like going to another country with a gun and telling people that live there that like I get their gold and I'm taking it back to Britain with me. You know what I'm saying? React to me. Thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, it, you, you like Conan and and just it, it goes on and on. Fritz Lieber and the, sure, you know the the history. What D and D was built on, other than being, I don't know. It's built on a war game and an, it's it's a right. naval it's a naval war game that has been transposed into a uh, a dudes on the map game, and then that gets mashed up with all the appendix N stuff and you get this kind of like mix of 
the heroes, the co- the colonial heroes, the adventurers, depending on which, you know, it gets mixed in there. And then you, you, you have to reckon with how to like, I think alignment was there from the very beginning. I think, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is all there from the very beginning and it's just been mutating over the years. So yes, I think there's a critical idea, but we'll return to it. Go ahead. Yeah. But that, that's kind of what I, you know, I think the whole hero adventure, it's, it's somewhat of a dichotomy, but I don't think it's, it's anything more than just like facets of the same gem, the same (laughs) as it were. Um, So, it, it's you know, somewhat perspective, but if we're not if we're not doing you know moral relativism, then you then you have to well, say well. <laughs> but we can't do moral relativism, right? Like right. Dungeons and Dragons precludes us from doing moral relativism. We might want to bring that into the game, but then we can't. The game literally falls apart the second we start trying to do that right. because there's a fucking spell called detect evil. I'm detecting the evil. Where's the evil in the room? Oh, it's this fucking guy in the corner who's cackling. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Right. The paladin goes into the bar to cast detect evil and then just immediately starts stabbing dudes. Right? <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. It is, it is my uh, imperative as a uh, paladin to go around stabbing fucking evil dudes. Fuck those guys. Right. He, he just may have been an evil cobbler. Like, he's just a guy that makes shoes. <laughs> just a little uncomfortable. He's just... he's But he's sitting at the bar, like, having a drink, and then this just dude comes up and stabs him. He's, like, completely justified. Like... He's like, your shoddy worksmanship and inflated prices bring down the name of cobblers everywhere, and I strike you down. <laughs> smite! I smite you, cobbler! He's I mean, a paladin of the cobbler deity. That's, that's like fucking. I mean, see, we're sitting here and we're making we're making like light of this, but 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 within the confines of like quote unquote rules as written, right? Mm-hmm. This is a completely legitimate scenario. This could, this could, this could happen. This could play itself out in a in a Dungeons and Dragons game, right? The the, the thing that bugs me a little bit about if you're going to have moral absolutism in your game. You and you don't list a uh, have a, a list of sins. Then oh my god! Do you really <laughs> want Dungeons and Dragons to full on like write itself as a religion? Well, no, you want there to well, be like no, a so that but catechism. that's no, but that's the that's the problem with the because I said it was evil, so therefore it's evil. Like it 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 lets you know you can just say whatever you want is evil. Well, no, but that's 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 relativism, right? Because, but that, but that, because but they in, don't. In Dungeons and Dragons, the things that are evil are evil. They right. have no choice but to be evil. Yes, but that, but that's my problem. Is it's just well, I'm thinking into like White Wolf, right? At the path of humanity has a list of things that are evil, or 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 yeah. bring you not not evil, but bring you down in that rating of humanity. Like yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying I mean like every religion around in in D and D would would have to agree upon one list if you're going to use an absolute moral system. <laughs> What's kind of right, right, and that in and of itself is kind of interestingly sort of imperialistic about Dungeons and Dragons is it does it does uh, proceed from this point of view of a of a of a moral absolutism that says that um, all the things that the authors think is good is good and all the things that the author thinks is evil or at the very least questionable are evil or questionable right and and i think that um when you read uh rifts is when you really see this mentality um sort of diverging into some like really deeply problematic areas areas uh if you try and read like the like symbiotas fucking alignment system dude it's like dark it's like it's like anybody who's not like a red-blooded American who's like saluting at the flag and going to the mall to spend their ducats is like a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Holy shit. <laughs> I don't wow. like that. Yeah. No, that's 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 dangerous. But even the people who are selling you moral relativism, who are selling you adventurers instead of heroes, who are selling you this concept of there's no good, there's no evil. You're just going out and you're doing a thing when they're confronted on their shit, fall back into a very, well, I'm good and I didn't do anything wrong. And I'm thinking specifically of Zach has nothing to do with this book. 
right? Yeah. Yeah. Like when confronted with his bullshit and his enabling of a toxic personality, James Reggie, who wrote Lamentations of the Frame Pen Flame Princess, fell back into why well, didn't you do anything wrong and Zag didn't do anything wrong and I'm okay. So stop stop telling me I'm bad. I, I, I think that um you bring up a really valid point in that uh you cannot differentiate between the um the people who create these materials and the materials they create because I think that these things are um intrinsically interlinked, right? Like I've already brought up Symbiata, you brought up Reggie. Uh, there's some interesting uh, D&D history that kind of goes into some of this, right? And I think I promised that we were going to get into some of the history. Now, before we get into the history, one thing I want to say, though, about that is uh, H.P. Lovecraft and Cthulhu. Like, that's something Mm, that I really feel has been able to separate. Like, even in the most recent edition of Call of Cthulhu, they said, like, straight up, he's a piece of shit. However, this world that's been created... And everything that's been created, like we can use this now. So I don't think that you can always say you can't separate those because they can be separated. It's just a matter of of addressing Ooh. it and straight up saying they are separated now. I think that's a strong point. That's strong, and 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 I think that that actually kind of okay. So since Gary Gygax died, mm-hmm. there has been this weird movement to sort of deify him as this like the father of role playing and this guy who can do no wrong right now i would love to come on here and say that i did all this fucking research and i found all these fucking citations that I can quote instead i can only lead you to a couple of different podcasts i would point you to um system mastery where they talk about dungeons and dragons on a number of occasions and they have some pretty choice words about gary gygax i would point you also to an episode of um the grognard files where they talk about the history of Dungeons and Dragons. And on System Mastery, I learned, and this is, they quoted this. I have, I, 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 God, I wish I had been able to find this quote, but they quoted Gary Gygax when he was still alive, clearly, as saying, General Custer was lawful good because he was carrying out orders, and the Native Americans that he battled were chaotic evil. Okay. That's from the mouth of the fucking like father of role playing. Okay. Uh-huh. This guy who like they want to do all these kind of soft focus pictures of and stuff. I mean, that's just fucking racist. I mean, yes. that's just a straight up fucking racist as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, another point, and this is what I learned from the Grognard files, was that um, the first iterations of Dungeons and Dragons were uh, like, like Gygax had a brilliance in that he invented an entire genre and that's great but he did not have a gift for rules writing he had a it was very difficult to understand how to play dungeons and dragons from the initial editions of the book okay and so what apparently happened and again i'm just regurgitating shit that i heard on different fucking podcasts so by all means either a listen to that podcast get the whole story or b research it yourself there's plenty of books out on this now but um when a new edition was necessary uh, Gygax was approached by a fan of the game, okay? And this individual was a doctor and was much better at writing clear rules that people could understand. So, and this is kind of gets to Richard's point of that the game itself as a language has mutated over years and has created a, a series of mutating ideas. But this guy is the guy that laid down the groundwork for what we consider to be Dungeons & Dragons now. Now, this dude was a Christian, and he wanted to bake his Christianity into Dungeons & Dragons. And he is the one that went through the text and pulled out references to adventurers and put in references to heroes. He's also the one that codified the alignment system, right? So we're sitting here in fucking 2020 dealing with, like social issues that a fucking like Christian conservative dude from like the early 1980s essentially was like riding into a game. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Hashtag America. I actually think that dude was English, but I'm not entirely certain. So I just, didn't, I didn't want to say that, but I mean, here we are, you know? Mm-hmm. So, well, that's fascinating. I, I, I want to look more into that, but uh, was he the one yeah. that put uh, different stats for different genders? Was that the guy that, 
did that. I, 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 I wish <laughs> I had better information now. I mean, probably. There's that. There's like a four volume, uh, like history of Dungeons and Dragons, or at least of the role playing genre that you can read. I haven't read it. Um, I invite people to get out there and learn more about the history of their hobby. You know, there's like a lot of different resources for it now. And one of the things about the Grognard Files in particular is it's very well researched. Those guys spend a lot of time before they do an episode. So, what are your thoughts? We're we're getting kind of towards the end here. We have a few more minutes that we can kind of use. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't we kind of just come up with some closing thoughts? Ha- ha- having had this discussion, is there anything that you guys want to say? Any kind of ha- has you, ha- has the way that you view this situation been like reframed, or you still see it the same way? I, I still have to make my defense of orcs, and I'd kind of like to hear Adam's as well. So, uh, well, why don't, well, why don't we start with that, Adam? What's your case for orcs? So, to an extent, I understand the case that orcs are problematic, and I get it. What I will say is that there are things that you can do with them that are interesting, and there are explorations you can have with them that I think are good explorations to have. They're chaotic forces. Uh, I particularly look at the Games Workshop version of them, where when you were playing them, you had Night Goblin Fanatics, Doom Divers, all of these things where and their magic system where you didn't know what was going to happen. Half the time you ended up hurting yourself versus actually doing anything effective against the enemy army. Um, and so I kind of look at them as just these, you know, big dumb brutes absent any sort of other connotation who are also these chaotic, mildly psychic forces who kind of run rampant over quote unquote civilization. Um, And I think to that extent, they're kind of fun and interesting to interact with, right? Like the Armageddon campaign and uh, uh, the Red Hand book from D&D 3 and those kind of things. Like they're actually really interesting, kind of fun to interact with. And and I would say if you find racist problematic elements with orcs when you're interacting with them, cut them out and replace them with something else. Because I, I do think the idea of, you know an enemy force that you are thrust up against is kind of core to the concept of Dungeons and Dragons, kind of core to the concept of role-playing. I can't tell you the number of times that I've played Vampire, where just because there was a Ventru Prince, we automatically hated that guy for no other reason than he was the Ventru and the Prince. Um, So if you don't like orcs, don't use them. If you find elements of them problematic, replace them, and, you know, just have fun, enjoy the time that you spend in the game and be cognizant of the larger kind of macro implications of what's going on. There's a lot of that that I agree with in a, in a, in a, in a pretty serious way. Here, here, here's my justification for orcs. Here's my, here's me being the apologist for orcs. Okay. Um, first of all, if you're the kind of person who it's 2020 and you run dungeons and dragons, your idea of a fucking sick ass encounter is like, here's some orcs. It's like, what the what the fuck are you even doing with your life? That's like the most boring shit fucking ever. That's like D and D one hundred and one. That's like when you're in sixth grade and you're trying to figure out what the fuck D and D is, and you so you're just like redoing Lord of the Rings. Like, step your game up, homie. You know, like seriously, even even fucking just like a bunch of skeletons is is that's also lame. Like, just like I mean, just, come on, try and make something that's like uh, the, the 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 challenging. That not not to the stats on the paper but to the minds of the people who are playing you know um if if if, if orcs are problematic to you if they're problematic to your friends don't use them and on some level you really shouldn't be using them anyway it's just like it's it's like it's so it's so fucking it's like it's like eating wonder bread you know now that said there is in my mind a place in dungeons and dragons for again this kind of gets back to what ashley brought up which is the the idea that Lovecraft gave us that there are beings in the universe that see the organization of the universe in a completely different way. Okay, they their fundamental values are different than ours. They it it, it, it the, this this concept that this kind of Star Trekian, if you will, kind of concept that if you just sort of sit down with somebody, and explain to them patiently, like your values, they'll just kind of come around to them. Just like they throw that out, right? Like, if you want to see orcs as, like, this force of nature that 
have a fundamentally different view of reality than humans do, I think there's something interesting to be done there. Now, if you just want to like re-gloss orcs as being like big, kind of green, doughy humans, that's also boring. I don't I have no interest in that. I have no interest in that whatsoever. I suppose if it's your fucking game, you can do whatever you want. But like this idea that orcs are just a bunch of shreks uh, who are sometimes kind of mis- you know mistakenly mean or whatever. Uh, I find that also um, like kind of like intellectually weak. So um, I'm not going to give up the concept of orcs in my game. Instead, I literally can't remember the last time I did an orc attack or orc fucking encounter. I can't. I, I don't even know what to do with that. So closing thoughts. I start with RBK. What you got, buddy? I think uh, like all this stuff. I mean, like I have a whole list of stuff we didn't even get to, but like I think. It, with role playing, it's supposed to be empowering, it, or at least that's what we have come to kind of see it in the modern era is this like empowerment. So anything that you see that you do not like in the game, uh, change it up, uh, explore it as a uh, as opportunity, to explore it, expand it, empower yourself. It's it's a power fantasy is the basis of fantasy gaming. You turn that power fantasy into something that's empowering to everyone at the table, and you'll you can still have fun, and you can still move forward, and and make, tell interesting stories, explore, have arc, or, orcs have culture uh, that you explore, uh, have an orc character that's exploring their culture, like uh, you know raise them up, you know overcome adva- uh, disadvantages. I think that's to me that and not cultural appropriation, but just like. I mean, this is a fantasy culture, so that's kind of my summation: is like use the fantasy to your, to, to empower people and don't bring people down. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, Wait on me, stream being what you got. All right. So first thing I want to say is with the orcs as Shrek, like making them these big doughy humans. Like the image I got in my head is that's basically the monster version of like safety scissors, like making them these big plastic safe things i don't like that either but the other thing i wanted to circle back around to was the no one cares about alignment i mean if you've got like paladins and clerics obviously they do because they have their deities and then if you look at the deities that's where you get into the moral relativity as well because the deities are from all over the place too so there is enough um representation is not the right word but there's enough from all over the place with that that there are different things you can do that are not just good is good, bad is bad. You know, like there's different angles you can play. And so it is more open than that. Um, The other thing is with fantasy gaming and tabletop gaming, it is supposed to be fun and it is supposed to be something that you can feel good about. So for us, I want to say, part of me wants to say like, if you can keep it in fantasy and make things black and white, then that's awesome. But then I also recognize that for me, that's coming from a complete place of privilege because if all of the evil people are people that look like me or that come from my background, like in real life, it's very similar. And I notice that that's a really shitty feeling. Like I can't imagine being at the table with that. So I guess like what RBK was saying is just be mindful of who you're playing with. If you have people that find orcs problematic, then don't use them. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways around that. And to Brendan's point, just be more creative with it. There's so many different things you can do. You don't have to rely on these old standbys that are maybe not aging as well as other things. Amen. Amen to all that. Add closing thoughts that you got, bud. Oh, I kind of went over my thoughts on orcs already. Look, have your fun. Don't be an asshole. Um, and be excellent to one another. That sounds good. That's, that's what I would tell you. Yeah, yeah fair. Fair. All right. Well, uh, my closing thoughts is uh, I feel like um, kind of what Richard was saying is that he got there was a lot of points that um, he didn't feel like he, he was able to get to. I feel like there is more to say about fantasy role playing. Maybe we'll come to it again. Maybe we'll do a fantasy role playing uh, uh, part two uh, at the end of this thing. Who knows? Who knows? Um, if uh, you have additional thoughts on this, we would love to hear them. Like you should really write them in. Uh, hit us up on the Facebook. Uh, that's uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Full Metal RPG, on there. 
And then uh, send us stuff to uh, um, uh, fullmetalrpgofficial at gmail.com. And uh, let us know your thoughts on this episode. Also, we're available on uh, Discord. So go on Discord, and uh, maybe we can inspire some new conversations about fantasy role-playing there, and we can do a uh, fantasy role-playing episode part two. Um, yeah, so, uh, wow, wow. Yeah, that's quite a lot. That's a, that's a lot. Well, anyway, we have more coming in this uh, in this series. We have uh, a lot of different genres we kind of want to unpack. Um you know, play more Borg and you're not going to have this problem because you're just going to be like, you're not going to be fighting an orc. You're going to be fighting like a fucking uh, maggot with a baby head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then, uh, what, you know, everybody wants to kill that. That sounds disgusting. It's clearly <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, it's also like vomiting acid. Anyway, so uh, have a great night. Thanks for reaching out. Oh, and you know what? RBK says something at the beginning. He's like, he's like, Brendan, you need to go on. You need to tell them to go on uh, fucking iTunes and leave a review. And it's been so long since we begged for reviews. C- could you do us a favor and go on uh, iTunes and leave a review? Uh, it'd be fucking rad if you did. Um, and we might read it on here, especially if it was hilarious. Like our friend DM Slide, who was like so, who's so fucking weird. You're, you're breaking. Uh, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway, anyway. So yeah. So we'll 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 call it there because I keep breaking up. Um. Thanks for listening to Full Metal RPG. Have a good night. Rah.